Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, uh, I'm Dr. Jam Aiken. I'm a professor of medicine at the University of Michigan. And in this episode, I would like to talk about the key players for a multidisciplinary approach to diagnosis and management of non-advanced systemic mastocytosis. This is a, this is a disorder that often requires management uh, by multiple uh, specialists uh, because when mast cells get activated uh, and cause the symptoms of this disease, this activation could occur in a number of different organ systems, uh, including cardiovascular, uh, skin, digestive, uh, respiratory, and and, uh, even musculoskeletal and neurologic uh, uh, symptoms. Um, And um, when we look at our patients, how uh, in terms of how they present uh, with non-advanced systemic mastocytosis, about 70 to 80% of uh, these patients present with skin lesions called urticaria pigmentosa, and this uh, is uh, the older term. In the new literature, you might also see maculopapular cutaneous mastocytosis. So these patients have fixed uh, hyperpigmented uh, lesions that occur uh, in the trunk and extremities, uh, and uh, they usually present to a dermatologist because they have a skin lesion that does not go away. And uh, and uh, and they may urticate and may become uh, itchy and redder uh, if they are um, exposed to heat, uh, temperature changes, or friction. But uh, they uh, always stay in the same spot. And the dermatologists, uh, experienced dermatologists, usually um, diagnose this just by morphologic uh, uh, appearance of the lesions. But if there is any doubt, a biopsy can be taken and. A, dermatopathologist uh, can uh, factor in in terms of uh, the diagnosis. Um, And the um, rest of the patients uh, present with anaphylaxis, flushing, or other signs of mast cell activation. And these uh, patients uh, may not have skin lesions. And and, uh, so one has to maintain a high level of suspicion to diagnose these patients when they present with anaphylaxis, flushing, or other symptoms. And uh, of course, the uh, specialist, uh, the major specialist in diagnosing these patients is allergists because that's by definition who deals with anaphylaxis and allergic type symptomatology. But um, these patients can also present to a gastroenterologist because of abdominal symptoms like diarrhea, bloating, nausea, or even endocrinologists uh, sometimes see these patients as the first point of contact because of their flushing and sometimes uh, severe osteoporosis. Now, when a patient presents with anaphylaxis, uh, the question becomes which uh, of these patients presenting with anaphylaxis need to be worked up for systemic mastocytosis because obviously not all patients with anaphylaxis will have uh, mastocytosis as an underlying cause. So this is a a table to kind of give you some uh, guidance on uh, what patients might need a a systemic mastocytosis workup and a a bone marrow biopsy referral. So this uh, score was developed by our Spanish colleagues, uh, and it's called REMA score. And it uh, uh, 
looks at gender, clinical symptoms, and trip days levels, and if the and then assigns uh, different points uh, based on uh, these uh, variables. Uh, if the patient is male, uh, they get plus one. Females uh, get minus one point. Uh, and absence of urticarian angioedema get plus one. Urticarian angioedema, if they are present during anaphylactic episodes, get minus two. And presyncopal or syncopal episodes get plus three. And the trip days levels, if they are less than 15, uh, they get minus one. And if they are greater than 25, they get uh, plus two. So at the end, uh, you add up all of these uh, pluses and minuses. And if your score is two or higher, then your patient will have a high probability of uh, having systemic mastocytosis as the underlying diagnosis of their mast cell activation or anaphylactic symptoms. And that patient should be uh, referred uh, to a bone marrow biopsy for diagnostic procedure. So, um, and that's when the hematologists and hematopathologists' uh, uh, expertise uh, become very important because they are the specialists who perform the bone marrow biopsy and diagnose it based on the uh, criteria. Uh, and um, so they are often uh, indispensable in initial diagnosis of systemic mastocytosis, and uh, they are also um, they also manage the advanced uh, varieties of systemic mastocytosis presenting with uh, hematologic disorders. Allergists and immunologists uh, uh, can be involved in general management of the patient as well as mast cell activation symptoms and venom allergy treatment with venom immunotherapy. And the gastroenterologists uh, can uh, perform endoscopies uh, to figure out whether the gastrointestinal symptoms are due to mast cell infiltration or simply due to mast cell mediated release. And uh, finally, the endocrinologists are important partners uh, in management of uh, osteoporosis. When considering a referral, uh, uh, because of uh, mastocytosis being a rare disease, uh, there is often lack of localized ex expertise, and these uh, two websites could be very helpful in uh, figuring out where the expertise uh, is located. Uh, in the United States, uh, we have the American Initiative in Mass Cell Diseases website, and in the Europe, ECNM website provides useful information on where to refer these patients. Um, I hope I was able to convey the uh, complexity of uh, symptomatology and the number of specialists uh, that may encounter these patients uh, in this episode. And uh, I thank you for your attention. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME. Thank you for listening.